This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where it's the third and final day in the trial over the mask mandates in public schools. My current understanding is that Florida is second only to Mississippi in the number of hospitalized children. My understanding is that there are about 50 children per day that are getting admitted to the hospital in Florida for COVID. But the state's chief witness, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, says masks did not stop COVID last year and won't stop it now. If masks did not do a, the job of stopping disease transmission with the less transmissional variants, it's really unclear why one would expect they would have any different effect on a more transmissible variant like the Delta variant. So the marginal benefit of masks, essentially, even with the Delta variant, is very close to zero. The entire sixth grade class at Round Lake Charter School in Mount Dora has been sent into quarantine. So we are going to shut down our sixth grade class. And as of tomorrow morning, we will begin online learning for all of sixth grade from now until September 7th. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed says the COVID numbers aren't getting any better. I'm here again today because the governor and the Florida Department of Health have failed to provide daily COVID-19 updates for nearly three months, even as the situation in the state has continued to worsen. The COVID crisis is so bad in Sarasota now that one hospital rented a refrigerator truck to serve as a temporary morgue. In political news, the ghost candidate who ran as a spoiler in a state Senate race has pleaded guilty to two felonies and will testify against Frank Artilles, the ex-lawmaker and GOP strategist who paid him to run as an independent. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and two Florida person stories. One is a nurse who went drunk driving and hit a rehab facility. The other is a Florida couple busted for drugs in matching Simpsons t-shirts. But first, a word from the sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. Following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Online sports betting. It's legal and it's coming to Florida. With passage of our amendment next year, any tax revenues collected are required to supplement the Florida Educational Enhancement Trust Fund. Hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue for students and teachers, with more choices and competition for Florida consumers. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at floridaeducationchampions.com. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, August 25th. This is National Banana Split Day and National Secondhand Wardrobe Day. On this date in 1975, Bruce Springsteen released his landmark album, Born to Run. In 2017, Donald Trump granted a presidential pardon to Joe Arpaio, the disgraced sheriff of Maricopa County, Arizona, who'd been convicted of contempt of court for racial profiling. In 2019, NASA investigated the possibility of the first crime in space over astronaut Annie McLean illegally accessing the bank account of her estranged spouse from space. The astronaut was cleared and her ex was charged with lying to federal investigators. And on this date one year ago today, the World Health Organization announced that polio had been eliminated from Africa. This is the third and hopefully final day of the trial over the governor's order that prohibits school boards from mandating face masks. The suit was brought by several parents, including Leslie Abravanel of Miami Beach, who has 10-year-old twins who are not eligible for COVID vaccination. Why did you bring this lawsuit? Because we're throwing our children into pretty much a, a petri dish right now. If, if not everyone is required to wear a mask, how are we going to protect children and staff from catching this Delta variant? We are not. 
I'm, I'm terrified. And so is every other parent I've spoken with. I mean, it makes no sense to me that parents comply with, say, peanut allergies children have. There are peanut-free rooms. So my children love peanut butter. But if they're in a room where there's a child who cannot have peanut butter, no one has peanut butter. And you know what? That's fine. We want to protect all the kids. So we comply. It's fine. This is not the case with a pandemic. Have your children been vaccinated? No, I wish they were. They're under 12, so they're not eligible. And will you vaccinate them once they're eligible? Oh, yes, 100%. Ms. Bravenel, what particularized harm will you suffer if your child's school doesn't have the right to enact mandatory masking under the current executive order? Well, it's not so much what I will suffer. I will be a nervous wreck. I mean, I'm a nervous parent. Most of us are. But it's the fear that our children might absolutely get sick. Instead of worrying about them doing well in school or, God forbid, a school shooter, now we have to worry about them catching a deadly pandemic. When we, I've protected them for a year and a half. And now to send them into this and for parents to have to face that, that decision of do we keep them home, do we send them in, this is, this is horrendous, and it's so preventable. So it's not what harm I will suffer, it's what harm our children will suffer. And, and that, by, by proxy, is the harm that I will suffer. Dr. Mona Mangan of Pinellas County testified for the parents, saying their fears of COVID infections are entirely justified. Have you been keeping abreast of the numbers of children infected since the beginning of the school year this year? I have been attempting to. And, and what's your current understanding? My current understanding is that Florida is second only to Mississippi in the number of hospitalized children. My understanding is that there are about 50 children per day that are getting admitted to the hospital in Florida for COVID. Um, My understanding is that we've had at least 200 cases of MISC reported in Florida in children. All right. Uh, What do we know about children under the age of 12? We know that they are ineligible for vaccines uh, right now, and we know that there's probably over a million of those students in our uh, public school system that are at risk of developing uh, COVID because they don't have the luxury of having a vaccine. And then with regard to them being in classrooms, their ability to socially distance? Well, we know that that is unlikely to occur with um, everyone back in school. Probably in 2020, that was a much more uh, feasible option as many families chose distance learning. Which is, to your, is that available right now to your understanding? To my understanding, it is not. The governor's team countered with Dr. Jay Bhattacharya of Stanford, one of the few doctors who agrees with Ron DeSantis and his opposition to mandatory masking. He says masks did not make a difference last year and they won't help against the Delta variant. If masks did not do a, the job of stopping disease transmission with the less transmission variants, it's really unclear why one would expect they would have any different effect on a more transmissible variant like the Delta variant. So the marginal benefit of mass, essentially, even with the Delta variant, is very close to zero uh, as far as stopping disease spread. Certainly, there's no high-quality evidence to support the assertion that masks stop disease, the, the, the disease from spreading um, uh, you know, sometimes you'll hear about people say, look, my mask protects you, even if it doesn't protect me. But I'll say there's no randomized evidence in the literature at all 
that supports that notion. And furthermore, uh, there's a lot, there is evidence from the flu where there were randomized evaluations done of mass, the effective masking on, on whether the mask protects other people from the flu. And the, they were all also negative. There were no findings, uh, in community settings that masks re, uh, reduce sort of conserve as a effective source control for the flu unit. So you have coming into to the pandemic, a lot of negative randomized evidence suggesting that masks are not particularly effective in stopping respiratory virus spread. And in the context of COVID, you have one trial, the Danish mask trial that we discussed earlier, that shows no statistically significant effect on protecting the, the, the wearer of the mask. But Dr. Mangat says Dr. Bhattacharya has a certain reputation in the medical community that the court needs to take into consideration. Um, I think that we have to be careful how we look at um, the information that Dr. Bhattacharya is providing. Um, he is hypothesizing many things that have not been shown to be true. And I think it's important to recognize that Bhattacharya, Dr. Bhattacharya is um is very well recognized in the medical economics sphere and works in um, aging and, and the economics of aging. And he is not an epidemiologist. He is not an infectious disease physician. He is not a pediatrician. He is not an immunologist. And in fact, he is not a practicing physician either. So I, I, I review his, uh, his words with great uh, caution. Dr. Bhattacharya is back on the witness stand this morning. The plan is to finish arguments today and have a decision by Thursday or Friday. Round Lake Charter School in Mount Dora has announced it's quarantining the entire sixth grade class due to an influx of COVID-19 cases, and they'll continue classes virtually for the next couple of weeks. Parents learned about the shutdown in a voicemail. So we are going to shut down our sixth grade class. And as of tomorrow morning, we will begin online learning for all of sixth grade from now until September 7th. That will give us enough time to get everything really cleaned up, as well as students to kind of get it all through their system. Um, students will follow their regular bell schedule for core classes. Their elective classes, they can check with their teachers for any assignments during that time that might be posted to Google. We also um, will let you know exactly who needs to quarantine. So right now, this message is for all sixth grade students. All sixth grade students that are here on campus right now do need to come um, get picked up for the remainder of the day. So if you can have someone come check out your child, that would be wonderful. Sorry for the inconvenience. I know this is not what we all hoped and planned for, but we definitely want to keep everybody safe. Lake County Schools said about 90% of the 6th grade students at the public charter school have been quarantined. That prompted the principal to move to virtual learning for the entire class. There are currently 88 6th graders enrolled at Round Lake. Just how bad is it out there? Well, Sarasota Memorial Hospital has leased a refrigerated trailer to expand the capacity of their morgue. The trailer is not in use yet. In recent weeks, Sarasota Memorial has continued to break records for hospitalized coronavirus patients. Since the start of the pandemic, the hospital has seen 322 deaths, including four since Sunday. Time now for the latest on COVID from Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, who started doing the coronavirus updates after the governor stopped. I stood up at the Florida Capitol to provide the public with the latest COVID-19 information, something the governor and the Florida Department of Health ceased providing the first week of June. 
I made a promise that day to continue providing the regular, timely updates that the people of Florida need and deserve to be able to make the best decisions to keep their families safe during this public health crisis. And I've kept that promise, holding nearly daily briefings for the past four weeks. I'm here again today because the governor and the Florida Department of Health have failed to provide daily COVID-19 updates for nearly three months, even as the situation in the state has continued to worsen. Since my first briefings four weeks ago, hospitalization in the state have nearly doubled, causing staff shortages and pushing our hospitals to capacity. The total number of COVID-19 cases in the state has now surpassed 3 million, with a new case positivity rate of 19.8%, according to the Florida Department of Health. And now there are even reports that in Broward, which has been one of the hardest hit counties in the nation by this surge, is setting up temporary morgues as the deaths in the state have now tragically surpassed 42,000. This is an emergency. But instead of focusing on how to help, our governor and commissioner of education are spending their time punishing school districts that have asked their students to wear masks, even as thousands of our children across the state are now quarantined due to exposure in the first weeks of school. Even as Friday's weekly report from the Florida Department of Health found that teenagers now represent the highest positivity rate of any group in the state, with 17,310 new cases reported last week in those 12 to 19 years of age. And even as the same report showed that the number of new cases in children younger than 12 we cannot, who cannot get the vaccine was even higher at 20,331,000 ,000 new cases. So I wanna thank you to every school board, superintendent, teacher, parent, and student who has spoken out against the governor's unconstitutional and dangerous executive order and stood up against his threats to do what is needed to keep our communities safe. To those school officials in Alachua, Broward, Hillsborough, Leon, Miami-Dade, Palm Beach, and Sarasota, we have your back. And as we saw again on Friday, so does the White House. I am proud to stand with all of you in doing what is right for our children, our communities, and our state. And while most of the numbers I've been reporting over the past four weeks have been moving in a troubling direction, the good news is the number of fully vaccinated Floridians continues to also tick upwards. Nearly 11 million fully vaccinated individuals accounting for now 51.2% of our population. And that's how we're gonna beat this virus. Don't wait another day. The health department can find you a vaccine site near you. We're all in this together and our way out of this is together. In non-COVID news, former District 37 Florida Senate candidate Alex Rodriguez entered a plea of guilty to two felony counts Tuesday in a Miami court hearing, admitting his campaign was a sham to draw votes away from the Democratic incumbent who had the same last name. Jose Javier Rodriguez ended up losing by 32 votes after the other Rodriguez did not campaign and got more than 6,000 votes. He'll be on house arrest for a year, followed by two years of probation, and will testify against GOP operative Frank Artilles, who paid him more than $40,000 to run as a third-party candidate. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement is also investigating allegations that a ghost candidate in a central Florida race tipped the scales for Republican Jason Broder, who has denied any knowledge of the scheme. 
Your calendar of events, well, the Florida Ports Council holds a two-day meeting. It starts at 7.30 in Panama City. House Budget Chairman Jay Trumbull speaks for their luncheon at 11.45. Leon County Circuit Judge Lane Smith holds an online hearing at 9 and a challenge to a decision by the governor to cut off federal unemployment money for Floridians. The Reemployment Assistance Appeals Commission meets at 9.30. The Associated Industries of Florida will hold its annual conference at noon with an evening event that includes awards for Governor Ron DeSantis and state lawmakers who did their bidding during the last session. State Representative Spencer Roach of North Fort Myers will speak to the Tiger Bay Club of Southwest Florida at noon. Senator Marco Rubio speaks to the Forum Club of the Palm Beaches at noon in West Palm Beach. The Board of Chiropractic Medicine meets online at 1230. The Board of Pharmacy meets at 1 in Tampa. Trustees of South Florida State College meet at 1 in Avon Park. Trustees of Hillsborough Community College meet at 4 in Tampa. And the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission meets at 530 in Tallahassee to discuss a rule on springs protection zones. A Florida woman who works as a nurse was arrested on a drunk driving charge after crashing a car at a rehab facility in the villages. 71-year-old Shirley Satera of Water Oak drove her Kia into the bushes outside the clinic. Police say she could not stand up without their help. They found an open bottle of gin in the car, plus a bottle of water that was spiked with alcohol. She blew a .20 on her blood alcohol level. That's two and a half times the legal limit. Finally, a Florida couple wearing matching Simpson shirts has been arrested on drug charges. 36-year-old Milton Gardner and 22-year-old Destiny Jackson were busted after a traffic stop when an Orange County deputy smelled pot coming out of their car. A search of the vehicle turned up three small bags of marijuana, a pipe, and some cocaine. Destiny was also arrested on charges of possessing fentanyl and a designer drug known as Utilone. That's it for this installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.